0: Welcome to another episode of Nevermind the Pain Points, your Clarissa's podcast. This is part two of our LGBTQ Plus. podcast. We start podcast part two by discussing what it means to be an ally and why being an ally is so important.
1: I would like to again go round the room, ask you to have a think about maybe situations <coughs> you've been in where Either you've been an ally or an ally has supported you or you thought, God, I wish someone was here to help me. Um, Just have a little think about that. Think about those kind of situations, maybe situations out and about, situations in the workplace. We're going to talk about how it might be different, hopefully not too different. Um, So has anyone got an example or a situation they've been in, anything they want to share around
2: that? don't know if this counts as being an ally because I wouldn't have associated myself as being one actually until we started <laughs> doing these but but I've always been somebody who's felt like I've championed and stood up for equality and fairness and being decent human beings but again, going back to my kids um, I, I give my, my daughter Rosie credit for this actually, not not me, but she, we, we were talking about who do they fancy at school right they're 12 and 11 so as far as I'm concerned as a dad the answer is nobody <laughs> 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 um, but it was fascinating to hear how the conversation played out and, and Tilly, my younger she said oh well well who, just such and such a love such and such a and it was a really kind of sweet conversation and then Rosie who bear in mind is only 12 she said well well what what if Isabel, whatever, actually she doesn't have to love a boy, it could be a girl that she loves. And I was like, fair play. And then we got into a conversation about what love truly meant, and actually it didn't, there was no distinction between the two. And now my kids, when they talk about boyfriends or girlfriends or girlfriends and girlfriends and boyfriends and boyfriends, it's now just become like this normal mm. conversation. That's kind of what I was saying a bit earlier, And I, I do feel a bit naive coming into this, right, to think that that will just happen and now, mm. and now that's what they'll believe because they are going to be influenced by so many factors externally and press and all this, this this pressure but it felt like the little glimmers of beginnings of it is possible to have that point of view without judgement or without feeling like it's a it's a new thought mm. or a thought they've had to change that well normally a guy would be with a girl, and oh, a guy could be with a guy. That's 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 not a new thought for them. Mm. That's just a thought they've always had, and I like that. And I kind of mm. hope that, that purity is kind of doesn't get lost. But you've but. clearly fostered an environment
3: which has enabled them to think that as well. So maybe, like, but but. Go, rosy, Like seriously, well, like, yeah, well. but no. But I'm a little bit, a little
2: bit nervous about it because things, you know, things happen through intention, and yeah, I haven't done that intentionally, yeah. and that makes me worried. In order, to, in order, to protect it, and you protect it through education. Mm. So I'm t- actually taking away from this conversation. There's a whole bunch of stuff that I need to know more about to be able to educate them beyond just the, just be a basic, decent human being. Because I don't think, sadly, that's going to be enough. No there's so many external
1: influences which could send it the other way. Yeah. It's like, when does a child's innocence go from what, they don't know anything when they're born, do they? And then society and the world makes sure. us think in certain ways.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: That's why visibility is so important, I think, and representation. It, it frustrates me no end um, because, you know, while I, I don't often encounter sort of extreme vocal abuse or negativity in person, what I do hear a lot is snippets of, oh, Black Panther, for God's sake. Like, is that really needed? It's shoved in my face. Oh, all these um, LGBT people on different sitcoms. It's so, it's paying lip service, it's tokenism, it's its too much, we d- I just don't need that on every channel. Um, um, people in the LGBT community get far more news coverage than their kind of percentage of population they make up. and that kind of attitude frustrates me so much because exactly of all the things that we've been talking about because of all these negative influences you don't even realize how normalized heteronormativity is and i think it is so important i will always champion any kind of visibility and representation that means that people grow up in a world where diversity is the norm and it's not questioned and it's not a big deal
1: i'm sure if someone said that to you as well and you challenged them on it they put their hand up and say I'm not homophobic mm. Mm. oh god mm. don't paint
4: me as a racist don't paint me as a homophobe Dangerous words. just want to come back quickly to your
0: um, point Stephen around not being intentional of it so thinking oh, maybe mm-hmm. I need to be more intentional about it I don't actually think that's a bad thing because whilst you haven't necessarily been intentional on this specific area where discrimination could exist I think without you realising it you've been intentional on creating an environment that actually powers and champions mm. equality and identifying that you know things are bad if you're discriminating against any of the various areas that you could discriminate from just by being you so maybe the things that you say, the stuff that you talk about, the fact that the topic isn't even is, you can even have that topic in your home I think are all things that you've been pretty intentional about just as a being a good human being which I don't think that's a bad
2: yeah, maybe. I, I think some of it comes from. I mean, look. I, mean, I think by necessity. I mean, I mean, my my kids live, live with my ex, right? So I, I have to be much more explicit in my communication and and openness and making sure that they're listened to and we have really quality conversations. So maybe some of that is born out with that and and just talking about um, actually other kids in their class whose parents have also divorced and got the split up. That's also a almost a minority-type conversation to have yeah. and, and to be accepting that there are other kids in their class who actually, there's one of their friends who's got two mums. Um, there's somebody who um, Charlie, my wife, um, used to work with who she's actually got two mums and two dads because both her parents were gay and have, re- and have remarried same-sex relationships. So just having those conversations mm. with... With my kids being around, just norm has normalized it, but but it's actually come from a place of talking about family separating and mm. Mm. having to have empathy that not everybody's mum-dad construct of the world is is the norm. And actually I think maybe that's that's yeah. where it's come from. That that is being
0: authentic to your own journey and yeah. has come out of that. And
2: it, it's opened their mind that there is no such thing as a norm, mm. right? People's lives are kind different different shapes colors connotations and that's all good and they're all to be celebrated yeah
3: the norm is painted by those people in power let's face it so whoever's writing the laws or telling the stories or writing the history books history right, and victors. Absolutely. and that's changing right yeah. slowly but surely yeah. as that landscape begins to evolve but yeah. it's just not evolving fast enough um i think hidden in one of your questions before will was like when have we maybe needed an ally um, as members of the LGBTQ plus community, yep. and you know, but there've been some concrete moments in my life where I could have done with an ally, but also with role models as well. I think you can be one and the same, right? You can be an LGBTQ plus person and be a role model, someone who's also identifying the same way, um, and you can be a heterosexual ally too. Um, at school, when I was so confused and I didn't know who I was or if. What I was was right. I had no role model and no um, explicit allies. When I was at college and came out um, and I had something with a guy who identified as a heterosexual but wanted to keep it secret and then got beaten up for it. Um, You know who you are. Uh, I had no allies around me or nobody standing up for me at that point in time. When I was at university and trying to walk around town just having a good night out and holding hands and left Soho the countless number of times people have shouted abuse at me um, and I've had to be the one who shouted back um, because the person I've been with uh, just couldn't stomach having to fight back. And in some of my previous jobs before I worked at Clarisis, not at Clarisis, in the workplace you know you can have an LGBT network but it doesn't necessarily mean that everybody is supportive of you being LGBTQ and there were times where I could have actually done with a real ally and role model in that space too. It's one of the reasons I'm finding it, slightly hard to keep my mouth shut in this podcast because being an ally means something so incredibly important to me. And if you are a member of the LGBTQ community as well, you can be an ally, but please also be a role model for other people inside your community because otherwise more and more people will find it difficult to come out and share their story too.
0: Just hearing you speak, it makes me feel like, well, it makes two things. One, it makes me feel like, have I been walking around with my eyes closed my whole life? Because all of those things that you've described is where you needed an ally. God is my witness being a bit r- religious there. Um, I, would, I would have been that person mm-hmm. for you. Like, I kind of feel like if I'd have known, I would have been that person. How do, how do we help allies open their eyes, I guess, as, an al- as someone who thinks that they're an ally who hopefully you haven't experienced anything while knowing me and felt like you've been on alone. But you know how do you, how do allies open their eyes to where they actually need to be more proactive and give a hug or shout or scream or you know support you yeah. when you
1: feel like you haven't That's had an ally. Cool. It's something I was going to pick up on as well as I guess it's the same question but asked in a slightly different way. What do you think stops people from being the ally that you you want them, them to, to be? be? Yeah. So, bystander behaviour. So I think,
3: especially when you're at college, uh, also the incident that happened wasn't very visible to everybody. Afterwards, people found out and I received support from friends, but not from anybody else who maybe could have said that's just like, not very cool. Um, Homophobic insults that are shouted out on the street in front of other people. Look, I have a loud enough voice uh, to shout (laughs) back, but it would kind of be nice in the, I think maybe it might be different. I haven't experienced it in a few years. I think now I would hope things would be different, especially in London. But it would have been nice, the times that happened in the past, for people to just say, what are you, like, what is this
5: all about? This is crazy. Yeah. Shut up. What are you on about? Example of when I've had an ally, I've just thought of um, listening to you speak about people shouting back at people in the street. It was actually when we were at Pride last year and a group of us were walking somewhere on the tube and then someone was... Made Said something offensive, I can't remember what it was. And one of our colleagues, you know who you are, literally shouted at him so much it was the funniest thing, but it was great. It was like great to have someone there, Like you didn't have to do the argument, You just <laughs> went off. <laughs> <laughs> it was fantastic, but um, yeah, I, I won't name it. shame. She knows who she is. <laughs> but I think
3: you would agree, right, that sometimes it's not that we don't want to stand up for ourselves because we're kind of used to that energy. But sometimes you're just exhausted <laughs> yeah. from like having to having to say it or having to shout back so yeah
1: yeah, it's an interesting one and it kind of I guess comes with a bit of a health warning is you, what context and what situations so we want to say it's always appropriate for people to challenge and push back on abusive behaviour but we don't want people to put themselves in situations where they're going to get hurt yeah. so I don't know if that is different depending on the context of the situation that we're right. in whether that's in the workplace, whether that's when we're out and about drinking with our friends, mm-hmm.
5: thoughts yes. on that. Something that prevents people from standing up. I think it's kind of like a bit ironic, but it's like, as soon as you put yourself out there as a person that's putting yourself on the line for someone that's an other or in a minority, you kind of become part of that minority in that situation. I think it's actually quite harsh like that. So many people are scared to put themselves in a situation, but you'd rather be passive than do what you know is right. Yeah. How
1: do we start to get them to come around to our way of thinking and acknowledge the error in what they're thinking? What can we do differently to, to help them with that, help them educate themselves?
4: I, I would say the number one thing that doesn't work is to like immediately fight with them. If it's someone who's close to you and you're having, if you, you can be in an environment where it's a civil discussion, I think the number one thing is to not go in all guns blazing, like you're wrong and you're offensive and you're a bad person for saying that. It goes back to the point about educating which is you know finding out why they think this why do they have this view how does that sit with the fact that they wouldn't class themselves as a homophobe or a racist or any other kind of um, bigot I,
0: I think people like we spoke about it before but I think like making it a- applying the situation in their context so giving them help them it, they may not be able to get past like a mental block if they think about it of the issue that you're talking about, but actually if you look for like a metaphor or a different example or some way of helping them understand your point mm. in a way that they can relate to it more, I think that helps sometimes as well. It's harder to do, but, but I, it, it's possible.
5: I think you, like what I've learned, and not so much with LGBT, but um, being from ethnic minority... It's just sometimes I've realized it's just a bit exhausting. I'm like you have to understand the difference between someone that's willful in like wanting to hear your point out and they're just like listen or compared to the ones that are just like quite resistant to your views because I could spend like a day arguing back and forth with someone about why something is intrinsically racist or intrinsically homophobic and why you shouldn't say that. But it's not my job. I can't be bothered, to be honest. <laughs> like if you care that much, I would I'll challenge you. And if you're uncomfortable with the challenge you can go and look it up Is kind of my approach i think in you know like
3: meeting people who identify as lgbtq plus and their allies too you know it's the the thing is is that you can't really do that unless it's under a really contrived situation unfortunately so like the initiative that diversity role models has like going into schools um, having a panel of people who are LGBTQ+, or their allies, speaking to them, like, it's a bit more contrived, but it's a school setting, so it, it kind of makes sense. Mm. With somebody like the individual you mentioned, Alex, I think it's just saying to them, like, seriously, how many friends do you have, and how many people do you know? And you're telling me not one of these people at any point in their life, I'm not even saying identify as LGBTQ+, but like haven't questioned their sexuality, don't know somebody else who identifies as LGBTQ+, like think about it and then start thinking about how that person feels as Michelle was saying earlier on, humanize it, make it real for them. And you know, if they're a big fan of football, I'd love to say point to all the LGBTQ plus role models in football, there are a few these days, um, or in rugby, which is actually a sport in which more people are coming out. Yeah, find them some LGBTQ plus role models or introduce them to people within their network if that Person is willing
5: to be available then. But how often have you heard the phrase, um, I don't usually like gay people, but you're all right. I agree with role models, but like it's the thing I was talking about earlier, it's like you need, you need to know the difference between someone who can't be bothered to change. They get to a point where there's will just doesn't ignorance want to change uh, yeah, them yeah. and it's like fine, like, you need to like leave some people be because unfortunately the reality is unless like they can humanize it in a way like personalize it, they just won't care. But And also, like, the people that you introduce people to, like, we have to be really careful, because, like, even
3: within our community, like, you know, it's okay to have another gay drama on TV if both men are Caucasian and handsome Gosh. and beautiful mm. and, and ripped. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. Like, don't get me wrong, but, <laughs> yeah. like, there's... But, like, that's not representative And here. We're also here to discuss representation, yeah. right, yeah, as well. Like, yes, yeah, it's great if another rugby player comes up, but there might have been other places in life where that person's accepted and especially if they're white strong male like I'm not saying their life hasn't been difficult but I'm saying there are maybe other challenges that they haven't faced that make it more difficult to relate to but
2: but I find that this whole thing fascinating back to your point Will yeah how do you have that conversation with someone Mm. and I find sexuality a, a fascinating topic anyway I mean personally I believe it's a it's a spectrum from one extreme to another extreme and there are Infinite numbers of, of role models uh, along the way, and I think part of the issue when I think about conversations with my parents in the past, it's it's a binary conversation: you're yeah. either mm-hmm. gay or straight, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. right? And I mean, even now, I mean, LGBTQ plus, I mean, the, the acronym's getting longer and longer and longer. <laughs> yeah, yeah but, but but we find the need <laughs> to have to put people into a box that we can mm-hmm. decide we are or we're not, and and maybe it, it's just rugby's an interesting one, right? Mm-hmm. Because you know you've got people who have coming out as being 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 gay rugby players, but you're also having a lot more who are saying, Well, yeah, maybe I'm bi or or maybe I'm just a bit more feminine or maybe I'm a bit more masculine mm. and the whole notion of it being one or the other, it's just gonna <coughs> yeah. merge that's a, a little bit. And ma- maybe that's the place where keeping back to my kids, the, the education of my kids is it's not you have to make a choice growing up, you know, which colour you're gonna pin mm. you know, which mask you're gonna pin your colours to. It's accept mm. that humanity and human beings is a rich thing.
1: But it comes down to Mike's earlier point of ultimately the people with the power are the policymakers, and because historically those groups haven't been repre- well, the LGBT group and other minority groups have not been represented in those areas, then the policies are geared up towards, you know, binary options, male, right. female, straight. Yeah. Um, the the gender point's an interesting one. Um, because actually still, even very kind of liberal countries, places where it's completely fine to be LGBT, only legally acknowledge two sexes, male or female. But I completely agree with your point. Ultimately, it comes down to the fact that we're all people and we're all human. And I think if there's one thing I was gonna take away from this, it would be just treat other people like human beings. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: We can actually do with more allies inside our own community. So actually, the discrimination I have faced from other gay men is interesting. So there are many different tribes inside the gay community. If you are a gay man, the following expressions will probably mean something to you. <laughs> Bears, otters, twinks, you name it. Like, people feel the good. need to classify themselves even inside a group. And a an online and mobile application, um, a gay dating site recently ran a campaign to um, to stop that kind of discrimination and and hate with inside the community as well. So you know, if anyone feels like we're maybe preaching to the heterosexual community, then actually you know we I recognise that there's a lot of work that needs to be done inside our community too. And I actually think that that will take potentially longer than for us to encourage more heterosexual allies to to join forces with us. I wanted to go back to. Um, Alex, your point earlier on about people feeling like LGBTQ plus individuals are receiving more airtime at the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, I watched a really short documentary on Netflix about social injustice, inequality, and the lack of social mobility um, for African-American individuals in the United States of America. And there's this notion of time to catch up. So they were talking about wealth and the idea that Um, Even though laws are now in place to support African-American individuals in the USA and more people are beginning to own homes and equality is growing in the workplace, there's still like 230 years worth of history where this particular community were not even necessarily allowed to be considered a US citizen, didn't necessarily have the rights that they have nowadays, which means that They're 230 years behind everybody else. So, yeah, you might have your equality given to you now, but it takes time to accrue interest. It takes time to accrue possessions and wealth. It takes time to accrue normality, whatever that may be. And when it comes to the LGBTQ plus community as well, if you think about, let's say in the UK specifically, only 52 years ago, it was decriminalised then think about all the years that it was illegal and how much time there is to catch up with and how much more impact we need to make and how much more we need to do to ensure that actually, Stephen, as you said earlier on, that it becomes a no-brainer and that nobody has to question boyfriends and boyfriends, girlfriends and girlfriends, etc. in a school playground. So that's something I would say to anybody that thinks that our community is maybe getting too much airtime at the moment. You know, we've got we've got to play catch up
4: i remember when they allowed because so my parents were both in the raf um for a long time decades ago and obviously i think i believe they both had friends who were lgbt and we obviously weren't allowed to serve openly it baffled me when in 2005 that was you were allowed to serve openly because i couldn't believe it was i was that old Mm -hmm. i was that old. that happened like in my lifetime that, that happened, and just building on your point, that there there are so many things that are only just now changing in the last decade or so.
1: Uh, I think the analogy they used in that documentary, if it's what I'm thinking of, is that you can't have two people start a race 200 years apart and then expect mm-hmm. them to both cross the finish line at the same time. That? You know, that documentary series, explained, really, explained. Yeah, explained, <laughs> yeah. yeah I really I highly guess. recommend watching.
3: If things are still so fresh, like that, you know, be be open and serve. If things are still this young and they're still so much in their infancy, then squashing them and killing them won't be noticed so much right now. Mm. So these laws, the way of living, community, the way we operate as a society still hasn't time th- had time to flourish with these new ways of being and working. So they can easily be removed the younger they are. Right. So let's make sure that all these things such as that legislation with the British Army continue to be able to, and RAF, continue to be able to grow, because
5: otherwise it's so easy to to press the leap mm. on these things. Um, I would add on the point of legislation. It's like a well-known fact that in history, it's so important to have allies, because the allies are the ones that have the power to make the change mm-hmm. in oh, the community. Yes. So for the black community in America, it's the people that are the white allies that actually were able to help push that over the line. And it's the same with most laws. Is people that are going to end up having the power to support it are probably not from the community. I've touched on this a couple
1: of times now. Um, I want to bring it back to the workplace a little bit. Mm. So obviously as a consulting firm we go out there and we experience many different organisations culture as we try to help them out with their business problems. But I just want to see what your guys' thoughts are on, you know, the difference between being an ally out and about in Soho, for example, versus coming to Clarisys. What you would ask of Clarisys as an organisation, versus maybe how that actually is different on a client site when you're working in a huge organisation of fifty thousand people. Has anyone got any thoughts on that? I guess we could live in we could live in an ideal world and say actually it should be the same across the board but the reality is how we deliver that message as an ally is probably going to change depending on the situation that we're in
5: i think it's interesting because even i was just thinking there's a massive cultural difference between Claritis and some of the companies we work in however even sometimes like if we were all at the kitchen table and someone said something that i thought was a bit off color i don't i'm not sure if i would challenge it in the same way because i'm at work so i think that's like the limitation there even though i feel so comfortable with pretty much everyone from Clarissa's there's a whole thing of like when you're speaking up especially I think maybe it's because I'm part of the community and maybe Michelle you can relate as the stereotype there's the angry black stereotype black that comes. and I feel like yeah. that's the same thing come, has come with advocates of any minority group I just don't want to be branded as the angry whatever so mm-hmm. I think I just try and keep it out of the workplace. But then, when I've been in like the DNI sessions, like planning this, for example, it's so easy to have those open conversations and challenge those people. So I think, yeah, wherever I was in the workplace, I find it difficult. It's
2: interesting because I, mm-hmm. I, I could feel my heckles going up as uh, hearing that scenario played out. The thought that at Clarice you couldn't, hmm. you, you wouldn't feel that you could stand up for that. So I would gladly fire any client. That didn't respect the values that we stand for. In a heartbeat, um, we should and, and make it. Maybe this is the opportunity to make it really clear that if you if you feel disrespected in any way on this this stuff within our business, if you cannot say that here and feel safe to say that here, then we've got something very very wrong. I now that, that's that's not to say everyone should therefore get that. Because clearly, yeah, yeah. That it's, it's easier said than done, right? But be confident that you would never be cast in that light by saying that here. And if you were, then the people who who turned that back on you would have a have a very difficult <laughs> conversation to have.
4: It can be so difficult though because we we talk in such extremes. Like it's a, l- I feel like it's a lot easier if someone was out and out abusive, like mm. very very mm. violently abli- uh, verbally abusive. It's a lot easier to criticise that. Whereas if it's quite a nuanced mm. thing. Yeah. It can right. be really difficult in that moment to find the right words to explain why that's problematic without it either coming into your branding them as something that yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Or being being condescending or being condescending. exactly mm. um, but, but, but then yeah. apply the judgment that you would in if you're outside work as to how you would respond to that
0: if I reflect honestly on when I hear or I feel like I'm in a situation on and I'm not happy or it makes me tingle and or get angry or whatever it is. Um, I think I can honestly say that I am more gracious in my response to conflict in work or on client than I definitely am at home. But one thing I do do is when I when I recognise that feeling and I know that if I open my mouth right now, I will not represent the professional Michelle that I want everybody to think I am, and... Um, I take a second, I kind of move myself away from the situation, and I do tackle them. I do tackle it and I do tackle them afterwards. So um, I'm known to put a quick like chat, instant message, we use chatter internally, so instant message out to be like, FYI, an EBI is, and then I write whatever it is I want to say, usually I do not hit send at that moment because Mm -hmm. I know that what I've written is probably filled with emotion. I try and give it as long as possible, but it kind of depends on the reaction it's given me. And then I edit, and I keep editing until I've tried to take as much emotion out as I can to make it as professional as possible, to make sure that the point that I want to make is a constructive point, yeah. and then I hit right. send.
2: Right, so so there's context, yeah. really, and, then, and then, yeah. then there's judgment, right? I don't think you have a home and a work version of that. I think it's, it's about... removing
1: the emotion from the situation even though it is an emotionally provocative situation that you're in because when we're mad we respond in a way that maybe isn't just talking about the thing that's upset us we throw in oh and here's these other five things that you've done recently that have annoyed me but, but,
2: but that's in terms of the way you deliver something but but your right to respond to that should be I suppose what I'm saying is it's if you the think way, you though. Yeah. In fact, more energy, right? Mm. In
0: removing the emotion and being more constructive in whatever—not all the time, but whatever it is i have to say, I think that's probably yeah, what yeah, I yeah, meant yeah, yeah. by Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so I, I wouldn't I, bring I, my I agree with the there's
2: different styles of communication at mm. home and, and at work, but the the the, the, the standard sentiment. of of acceptance yeah. should be the same. Yeah. How yes, you, yeah, how yeah, you okay. might respond yeah. to that, you, you, you could apply different yeah, filters. But so long as maybe this is the summary, that because you're at work, you don't have to accept a substandard level yeah, of decency <laughs> yeah. from the person opposite you. Agreed. That shouldn't be yeah, agree. any different.
3: Cool. Um, if you are an LGBTQ plus ally, actually let's just take it as making the workplace a better place for everybody. Um, number one would be create safe spaces. So for example, um you know, create opportunities for conversation that enable other people to maybe uh, give a bit more of their authentic self. So for example, um, talk a little bit more personally other than just like, oh yeah, the weekend was fine. Oh yeah, the weekend was fine. I'm studying art, I went to this place, I did this, I did that. I was out with my boyfriend, I was out with my girlfriend, whatever. Um, B, give more of yourself and I think people will give more of themselves in return. So actually one of the biggest pieces of advice if you're an LGBTQ ally is actually just be authentically you because hopefully that will encourage other people to actually give a bit more of themselves. I'm so done with tired corporate conversations. <laughs> I don't want to talk about the weather, you know, I actually want to get to know like the clients that I'm working with. And thankfully I think we create a space like that internally that we actually do get to take client side in my experience and I actually think, where maybe client-side those conversations haven't happened before we've arrived Um, it injects some life and some energy and some light and i think that you know i hope some of our clients and people that we work with appreciate that just as much as we appreciate being able to have that safe space then i would also say um one other thing to allies is don't assume please don't make assumptions about people that you're with whether we're lgbtq plus or not so for example, um, I don't know, don't just assume because you consider someone is straight looking, whatever that means, that they've got a girlfriend or boyfriend at home, depending on their gender identity or how they express themselves. Like, being be inquisitive, be curious, but also be respectful. Um, and don't apply your world story, your worldview to somebody else. Let somebody else tell you who they are, what they are, what they believe in. Also, a word on partner as a word like if you feel comfortable using that that's fine but just because you're talking to me as a gay man I don't mind if you say wife girlfriend boyfriend whatever um like partner sounds so adult and like if you're not married like boyfriend or girlfriend is totally fine
1: so while we're just on the topic um of clarisis i guess it'd be interesting to draw it back to some of the responses we got um so we got about 20 responses to our initial survey. The question that we proposed to people was, how would you describe what it means to you to be an LGBTQ ally? Um, of the five themes, so we did some analysis to match the responses to those five themes of the Stonewall um, definition. The top two themes which came up, interestingly, were be visible and challenge, and educate and empower yourself. So. The other three themes just as a reminder were listen, influence others, influence others, and being an ally goes beyond just LGBT. So I think that analysis kind of supports what we've just said and that people here would feel comfortable challenging um, and educating and empower themselves. Just any last thoughts on on that? Any kind of
3: comments? I think it's great that people said that being visible and challenging and education are so important as an ally. I guess the thing is if, if those activities happen more for those people who are either allies or want to be allies and actually um, do educate themselves more and do challenge more, then actually naturally influencing and being more than just an LGBTQ plus ally will happen more in future or people will associate that with being an ally. And then, from the perspective of listening, I think maybe it's maybe this actually, maybe the lack of listening actually comes from respect. So, maybe some people are a bit cautious about wanting to start conversations for fear of offending. Mm -hmm. So, I guess it's more just a a cautionary note to say, read the room if you're emotionally intelligent, which everyone here is, than just. Look for maybe an opportunity to start a more personal dialogue if you feel it's appropriate, and then you can become an active listener as an ally. But I understand why that point in particular is maybe absent yeah. from our descriptions because it, it's potentially the hardest. Yeah, it requires a lot of bravery
1: on the behalf of the ally. I guess it's trying to remove the stigma from the conversation at all, mm. and actually, it's yeah. just a conversation mm. between yeah. two people. Mm. That's all it needs to be. Yeah,
4: totally. And, and respect if someone doesn't want to talk about it if someone doesn't exactly. want to talk about it you know just be respectful
1: also it's really difficult to have like a conversation
3: when you're making a cup of tea you know like in 2 <laughs> minutes like you have to pick your timing carefully and we're we're so busy that sometimes those opportunities maybe don't present themselves on a daily basis but they definitely do at our socials and and you know down in the pub on a friday night so. i
1: just want to do a quick wrap up around the room um if there's one thing that's changed in your thinking, or if there's one thing that you would take away from the conversation that we've had today, or maybe one thing that you would say to your colleagues or friends about being an ally?
3: I would say, like, as an LGBT ally, like, please just be you, bring more of yourself to the conversation. Like I said earlier on, bring more of yourself to the workplace. Just doing that alone would make me, for example, want to share more with you and would really please me just to get to know all of my colleagues and our clients better. So simply that, be an LGBT ally, first step by being
5: more you. Um, I guess for me, I'll just say the thing I'd reiterate is the thing about passivity. So. Being an ally is great, and but being passive is not necessarily that. Believing in equality is great, but again, being passive is not being an ally. Um, I think the hardest thing, but probably the most important thing that I've taken from this is the education. So once you've educated yourself, you can do more as an ally.
0: So mine is um, love is love. So don't overthink it or do nothing. Do the right thing when you see a situation that doesn't look right or aligned to love is love.
2: Yeah, I think similar to Niall's point, there's you know the passive nature. You know, I'd assume you you can support these things just by being a decent human being. And actually, it takes more than that. You need to be intentional. It doesn't happen by accident. Um, And the external influences on this community means that yeah, it it needs needs it more than ever. Sadly.
4: I'm gonna sum up in a similar way but trying to draw on a similar point to Mike in terms of um, we talk a lot about openness and trustworthiness and honesty. This links to a lot of the recent conversations we've had as a company about mental health and openness about that. For me it's just again recognising that the world has this rich tapestry of individuals. Every person is unique and every person has a story, everyone has something interesting so be interested and listen to each other and respect each other
1: for me my main takeaway would be the the complexity of it all but actually the simplicity of the solution so to all of your points just having a conversation with someone goes a long way Mm. the fact that this is a complex and kind of diverse issue doesn't necessarily mean that we shouldn't have that conversation Bringing back to that intersectionality point, you know, there's lots of things here which do intersect, but we can talk to people and try and figure out what they need and how to help them.
3: Trying to be a good ally for my community before we finish. I just want to say if anybody has been inspired by this podcast and wants to be a bit more active as an LGBTQ plus ally, Please explore the following charitable organizations that I've had the pleasure of um, working with or meeting in the past. Diversity Role Models, Stonewall, Gendered Intelligence, Transformation, and The Mermaids. All really incredible organizations and um, please check them out and look out for them at Pride as
5: well. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Mind The Pain Points. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on your favorite
1: podcasting app or site we would love your feedback, so please leave a review or drop us an email at podcast at And for more information about us, visit our website, clarisis.com.